Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. Before I start with what I'm going to share, I just really felt this in worship and I hope you guys are okay with this. But I really feel that when we worship God, I don't know if any, how many of you guys have watched that, um, there's the video by Louis Giglio about the stars and the whales and all of those things. I don't know if you guys have watched that. That there's this, this sound that is happening and there's worship that is happening constantly, all the time. And when we come together on a Sunday, we aren't worshiping for the first time. We're joining in with stuff that's already happening. We're joining in with worship that is already happening. So whether you raise your hands or not, that's okay, God's still being worshipped. Whether you bow down or not, that's okay, God's still being worshipped. Because He's being worshipped 24 hours a day. That's just what happens. And I feel in the life that we're living these days, everything is so fast, so quick. I was watching, or not watching, I watched a video, but um, one of the guys at our office, Jerry, he's a wonderful guy, and um, he came to us and he was like, do you know that I can go to a toll and tap my phone on their machine and my meal will be paid for? And like, there's that technology that's out there. We live in a world where like, you don't even have time to sit and have a conversation with the cashier, just tap and go. We live in a world where I think Brett was telling me, in, in overseas they're doing this thing where online, you order your meal, order a table, pay everything online. So all you have to do is go to the restaurant, eat and leave. I'm like, what? Makes no sense. Why would I pay all that money just to eat and leave? That's like pointless. But we live in this fast-paced world and I think that when we come into worship, we're still battling with that mentality of let's live in this fast-paced world, let's get worship over with and done and then let's get onto the Word and go home and be with our family. And I was like, that's not God. He's sacrificed his whole life to be with you. He took all the time in the world to be with you. And we get to worship Him and join in with what's already happening once a week. That's like, wow. So, that's just a side bit. Thank you, thank you. (laughs) So, um, in a nutshell, Brett's already told you about me, who I am, myself and my wife. Um, That is pretty much us. Came with nothing, no job, no place to stay. We had no idea what was going to happen. Um, God just did something. And it was hard. I don't know if any of you guys have ever been in that place. But we were literally like being asked questions. I mean, we've been married for four years and obviously in the Christian circles, you know how it is. Date for two years, when are you getting married? Married for four years, when are you having babies? That's just the logical questions for some reason in the Christian community. That just happens. So we were in Durban and everyone was asking us, when are you having babies? And we were like, we're going to Cape Town. And they're like, what? I'm like, with what? Nothing. Where are you staying? Don't know. I'm like, so you're not having babies then? And you're like, no. And that's what happened. We just, we came to Cape Town having nothing, not knowing where we were going to stay, just trusting God. Saying, God, you need to do something. And it brought me on a journey of what I want to speak about, that God is here because He became so much more real 
to my wife and myself. He became so much more real in a way that we've never been able to understand until this journey that we've taken. And hopefully it'll encourage some of you guys to maybe take the same journey. So the reason that I was wanting to share this is um, there's a guy by the name of David Bowden. He's a, a slam poetry guy. And if you guys know what slam poetry is. The first time I heard slam poetry, I thought he stomped his foot and said stuff, but that's not it at all. So I was wrong. But it's a guy that does poetry, and like he says this that really gripped my heart. He said, talking about Jesus on the cross, and he said, death could take the groom, but it could not take the ring. And I began to think about that when I was preparing for this, and I thought, well, I understand that. Because just because my wife isn't standing next to me doesn't mean that I'm not a husband. So when she's at work, doesn't mean that I still have the responsibility of a husband. And I still need to walk like a husband. Because I wear the ring. So just because Jesus isn't physically here with us in form doesn't make us less the bride and doesn't make him less the groom. We're still connected to him. So we are still his and he is still ours. So he is still here. In, um, you know, there's three points that I want to kind of go on to with this God is here. Just keeping that in mind of that, yeah, we are married to him. He is ours and we are His, and it's just, it's incredible. We get to have that relationship with Him daily. That's incredible. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I get amped when I get to see my wife. I might not show it, but I really get amped when I get to see my wife, especially supper time. More for my wife, not for food, I promise. But I get excited. I'm like, I want the day almost to end so I can go home and be with my wife. And it's like, we need to start doing that with God. We need to start going, I want the business to end so I can be with God. I want to focus more on Him. I want to not worry about all these other things, but I want to focus on Him because I'm so excited to see Him. I'm so excited to spend time with Him. Like, I don't know when the last time we did that was. I just got amped and excited. Like, I cannot wait to open my Bible so I can be with God, the one that I love. I didn't share this with the the. the the um, guys at youth, but I was thinking about it, I'm sure all of you know it. If you have kids, you definitely know it. But there's that Pokemon Go that is out there at the moment. Crazy. I watched a video of guys falling into a river because they were on their phone trying to catch Pokemon. Then guys are helping them out of the river and another guy falls into the same river because he's trying to catch Pokemon. I was like, what? Crazy. And I started thinking about this, and it was weird, because I had this weird Pokemon Go analogy. I know, it's crazy. But I thought, they're trying to catch something that is there, and they're looking at their phones, trying to direct them to what they need to catch. And I'm like, when is the last time we looked at our Bible to direct us to God that we need to catch all the time? We need to constantly be in His Word so that we can catch on to what He has for us. Because if we're not, well, we're not going to get what he wants for us. We're just going to be aimless and pointless. It's not a great place to be. So the three points that I want to get to. Fact. 
I really tried with alliteration. I need some more lessons from Gabe. Didn't get it right. So fact, then um, convincing or acknowledgement, and revelation. So yes, definitely not alliteration at all. I want to read for you guys from Genesis 1 verse 2 in the Amplified Version. This is what it says. The earth was without form, an empty waste, and darkness was upon the face of the earth, of the very great deep. The Spirit of God was moving, hovering, brooding over the face of the waters. Before anything was created, God was there. And as far as I know, excuse me, He hasn't gone, Ah, Adam and Eve messed up, I'm leaving. He didn't take his spirit away. He didn't leave. He is still here. So he hasn't left. Uh, I said this to the young guys as well, a cliched saying, but if you feel far from God, guess who moved? Definitely wasn't him. He is still here. And there were the two things that I really love about that verse. The one is, the fact that God was there from the beginning, no one had to create him, no one had to speak him into being. He was there. The second thing was it talks about this, this darkness, this waste that was there and God hovered amongst it. And I thought about myself and I thought there are times, and maybe for you as well, where I feel like I'm darkness and I'm a waste and I'm an empty void and I feel like God's not there. But his spirit is still moving. The same way that just because my wife is not next to me does not mean that I'm not her husband. Because I'm going through a dark place or a harsh time does not mean that God is not there. He is there. Um, My wonderful friend over here, Angus, he sent me a a podcast of a guy by the name of Stephen Furtick. And he speaks about the same thing, about the seed being in the soil. And he's talking about the parable of the, the sower. And he talks about the seed that falls in the soil. And he said, no one really looks at it from the seed's perspective. If you think about it as a seed, you're in the soil, and then you're in darkness. And the sower is gone. And you're like, okay, I'm left alone. I'm in darkness. I don't understand what's going on. But the reality is, God knows what he's doing because there's this outer protection over the seed that even though it's in the darkness, it's still protected. And there's growth that's happening. And the sower knows when the right time is coming. Even in that darkness, there's growth that begins to happen in the seed. And the sower comes and harvests at the right time. So, God is here. He has never left. In Colossians 1 verse 15 to 18, I'm just going to read verse 17. It says, He existed before anything else, and He holds all creation together. Talking about Jesus. Another fact that God is here. I'm standing. I don't know, maybe I'm taking that really literally. But if He holds everything together... If God wasn't here, I'd be a pile of something on the floor because he wouldn't be holding me together. It's the same way, um, I've heard this analogy being used of um, a guy that goes on a safari or those guides, those safari guides. It's like, they don't take a group of people and then go, just wait here. I'm going to go fetch a lion. Then I'm going to bring the lion to you and then you will see a lion. No, he goes and he says, oh, there's prey, there's some broken branches, there's some tracks over there, and he takes them to where the lion is. In the same way, when we go, I need to take God to my friends, I need to take Jesus to my friends, it's like, 
He wasn't there already. He is there. We are not called here to take God or Jesus anywhere. We are called to point out where He already is. Because a lot of our friends, there's things that happen. I don't know if you've ever heard, it was such coincidence. Or I had such good luck. It's like, no, you just have Jesus. And there's God who loves you. And that's what He's doing. So that's what we're here to do, is just point out where He already exists. Because He is here. And I think people just don't, don't see that. So we're actually here just to go, God is here. So let me point out where He is. It's not coincidence. It's not good luck. It's God. If you want more of it, let me tell you how. Hmm. So that's fact. We need, to, we need to understand that he needs to be so real. I know Angus Buchan says this. He says, Jesus is so much more real to him than anyone in the room. And Jesus needs to become that fact. And God needs to become that fact that he is here constantly. So that we are able to move on. So that we are able to go, God, I know you're here. Because I know, obviously with working with Brett, I've been um, challenged, yes. But I've been, I've been subjected to this attitude and it actually helps me. Not Brett's attitude, he doesn't have an attitude. But <laughs> this, this way that he does things, I'm like, oh, well, God has to do something. You know? In the beginning I was like, okay. Sounds a bit like cocky. Like, you can't say that. Like, you have to do something too. But I realized that is it. Is I can only do so much. And then eventually I have to surrender and go, God, I, I don't know what else to do. You have to, you have to do something. And it's not a bad place to be because that's acknowledging and going, God, you're here. You can do something. Because I've exhausted my strength and my resources, but yours are unlimited. So you've got to do something. Second point that I have is convincing. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. I think we all know it. We sang it just now. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall make your path straight. Acknowledging God. I read this verse over and over and I thought, flip, it doesn't require much of us. In this day and age, I don't know if you see some of the young guys that like walk past each other. It's not like a greeting or a fist bump, it's a head nod. That's the hello. That's all that it is. And it's not that difficult to do. Anyone can nod your head. So acknowledging God is not that hard to do. And here it says, acknowledge God and He will make your path straight. We just need to acknowledge Him. And the thing that I battle with, and this is where our journey kind of goes as well. A couple of weeks ago, we led worship and everyone came up afterwards and they're like, oh, it was amazing. God did stuff. I was sitting going, God had to do stuff because it definitely wasn't me. Because that same morning, Kelly and I were like, stoked, leading worship, getting our car. Good. Battery's dead. So I'm like, well, let's kick start it. Get in, out of the car, push start it for like a kilometer almost. Still nothing. I'm sweaty, I'm stinky, raining, cold, battery is dead. Definitely I got in the car and I said, God, you are here. I did not do that. 
I think that was the last thing that I wanted to do because you're so angry, you're so frustrated, all these things have happened. What am I going to do? I don't have money to pay for a battery. We just changed this battery. You're angry, you're irritated. You're acknowledging every single thing that is wrong and you're not acknowledging God who will make your path straight. And that's our first go-to is my problem, my circumstance, my situation, my irritation. And it's like, actually, God, I just acknowledge you. You are here. And I don't know how, but you're going to make it work. right. You're going to make it straight. And we did. We went, we went to church. It was an awesome worship session. Definitely wasn't me. Had to be God. Because in that worship moment, you're acknowledging, God, you're here. And he did something in that worship session. Because if it is up to me and my circumstances and my situation, I would have just sat on the floor and sulked. And we wouldn't have worshipped that day. But he's amazing. And he will rock up every time. Because he's always there. In, uh, in the message version, I need to just get my phone out. My phone is doing many things today. I don't think I've ever used my iPhone for this much. Proverbs 3 verse 5 to 12 in the message. I love it. Because this is me to a T. Maybe some of you guys. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. Run to God. I don't know if that speaks to you. It definitely speaks to me. Many times when you're like, something goes wrong, you're like, okay, how am I going to fix this? Um, I'm sure I can just take money from there and put it into here. I know I was saving for that, but I can do this and do that. And we try and figure it out. And we try and like, I've got this. But we don't acknowledge, actually, God, I don't have this. You've got it. You've always had it. Um, that really came to me when I was like, I think I was sitting at home with my wife again. And I sat and I was freaking out. I was stressing out going, okay, God, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, We've got a lot of stuff to pay for, and now the battery, and I don't know. And for the first time, I realized this. I'm holding on to something I never attained. Because I came to Cape Town, or we came to Cape Town with no jobs, no place to stay, nothing. We did nothing. God did everything, but I'm holding on to something that I didn't do. So I'm like, why? It's not mine to hold on to. God I can only acknowledge you, what you've done, and what you will still do. Because you are great. Because you are powerful. Because you are provider. Because you are faithful. Because you are peace. And once you start acknowledging all those different characters of Him, all of our circumstances and situations seem so petty and small. Because He is great. He is peace. He is provider. And that just has to make your path straight. Because you're just going, God, I'm your son. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. If it's okay right now, if we can do this. I'm talking about this, but I don't know about you guys, but I I tend to get a little frustrated with uh, some preachers when they preach and stuff and they tell you, you must do this, this, and this. And they get off and like, oh, that was a great, great preach. And they don't leave you with how. Like, I'm with that guy. I said, they're like, oh, that's wonderful. How? You haven't told me how I'm supposed to get peace or find peace 
or pray to God for peace. How? And I want us to just do some simple thing of how to acknowledge God. It's, it's very easy. Can we all just close our eyes right now and just acknowledge God? Even if there's a circumstance, a situation that maybe you're acknowledging that more than you're acknowledging Him. Let's just bring it back to Him. God, we just thank you that you are our provider. You are our shelter. You are our tower of strength. You are the one who was and is and is to come, beginning and the end. You are all-powerful, all-knowing. You are loving. You are kind. You are faithful. And we just acknowledge that you are here. We acknowledge in all of our circumstances, all of our situations, however big or small they are, you are here. And you have them. You've always had them. And we don't need to try and do anything or try and figure it out. We just need to run to you, God. So right now, we just, we just run to you with open arms and acknowledge that you are here. It's just, that's been such a big thing for me is just acknowledging God and who He is. Um, I'm going to close this now because I'm just going to close it now. But um, my last point is Revelation. And um, Jesus in, in the Gospels, He, um, I'll tell you now where it is, even though I did just close it, John 21. He, he goes and he, he finds the fisherman out at sea. And um, he's just been crucified, buried. He spent so much time with them doing miracles. Dead men raised from the dead. Blind eyes opened. Crippled men walking. Lepers fully healed. All this ridiculous stuff happening. Miraculous signs and wonders. The fishermen and the disciple or the disciples go fishing. They've just spent this amazing time with God seeing miracles. They go fishing. Jesus found them fishing, and they go back to the thing they're comfortable with. And I think we are so used to going, we're in this space where God speaks to us on a Sunday or speaks to us during the week or does whatever, and he reveals himself to us, and the next day we go fishing. We go back to the place that we're comfortable with. And the guys are on the boat. Eventually they realize Jesus is on the shore. Simon Peter gets out of the boat, swims, to go and meet Jesus. He was like, that's my saviour. There's my groom. I'm going. I know who that is. I want to be there. And he went. And I think we need to sometimes, and I think it was so interesting that Simon Peter says there, which is very weird to me, it says, he put on his garment for you, taken it off to work, and then swam. And that revealed something to me. I was like, fuck God, when we acknowledge you that you're here and that we want to be with you, actually it's not the stuff that we leave behind. We need to take everything with us, our problems, our circumstances, our situations, and acknowledge that you're here and chase after you because you want everything of us. 
You want us to hold nothing back. You want everything of us. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen this picture, but there's this picture of um, there's someone being baptized. And as they're being baptized, they're like holding their money outside of the water. And it's like, you can have everything except this. This one's mine. And someone gave me this analogy and said, we're being baptized, not going for a swim. Because when you go for a swim, you take your car keys out, your watch off, your wallet out, your cell phone out, and then you go for a quick dip, and then when you come back, you take all of those things, you put them back on. God's going, no, I want your time, I want your finances, I want your friends, I want all of those things, so put them all on and come for a swim with me. And it's just, that's how ridiculous God is. And if I could just, I just want to close with a few, just a few testimonies that maybe you guys, some of you might have heard, but some of you, yeah, I just really feel I want to, I want to close with this. This is, this is when God is here, when God is active and we realize and we can acknowledge that God, you're here, he does things because that's who he is. He is good. He is everything to us. When um, we, my wife and I used to run a youth in, in Durban. Um, we ran two youths there at one stage, and we were in a, a youth in Kluv. These guys were incredible. A bunch of teenagers. The one day we were having worship, it was ridiculous. The presence of God was there. Two young girls, probably at the age of like 13, got up, burst into tears, and ran out. I don't know what to think when you're leading worship and two young girls burst into tears and run out. It's scary. I was like, I sang bad. <laughs> and they hated it. And I was like, Kelly, you sing with me? And I said to her, listen, just go check because that's weird. She goes out to check. She comes back with this massive smile on her face. She says, the girls were in worship and they felt the love of God in such a powerful way. They had argued with each other during that week and they felt they needed to forgive each other. So they ran out to forgive each other and then they came back to continue worshipping God. And I was like, that's just acknowledging that God is here. That's doing nothing difficult. It's just going, God, you're here. And when you're here, things change because they have to. There's... um. One of the girls that came to, came to our youth as well, she came for ages. We were, I was leading the SEA thing, and uh, or the religious education class, and I had a dream the night before that um, someone's mom had passed away. And I was leading, and I was doing something with a Rubik's Cube. I can't even remember what it was. And I just, God just brought this thing, this dream, back to me. And I was like, God, I can't, I can't say that here. That's a bit hectic. So I carried on with the Rubik's Cube. And God was like, the dream. And I was like, carried on with the Rubik's Cube. <laughs> and if you guys have had that argument with God, and he's like, do this, and you're like, no. And you carry on with the Rubik's Cube, and eventually he's like, the dream. And I was like, fun. And I just said, has someone's mom passed away recently? And this girl, her hand shot up in the back of the class. She put it down, and she burst into tears. And I just began to prophesy over her, speak words of encouragement, how much God loves her. Her friends came to us often and said, Lee, you don't understand. She's been going to seek out mediums so that they can contact her mom. That's how much she misses her mom. And she said, she put her hand up 
And she didn't realize what she was doing because she didn't really hear the question. She just said something urged her to put her hand up, and she did. And when she realized what the question was, she put it down. She was like, oh. And then one of the teachers came to us a couple of weeks after and said, what happened to this girl? And I told her, and she said, she hasn't stopped coming to SEA. She hasn't stopped coming to the Christian meetings that we have. She hasn't missed one. She didn't miss one youth. She was there because she knew God is here and he's real and he's my comforter. And he's the one that I need to run to. And um, there's this analogy that I'm hoping I can leave with you guys to just bring God is here just more solid. As someone once said that where, where kingdom is is where the king reigns. So if the king reigns in your life, then that's where the kingdom is. If the king reigns in your family, then that's where the kingdom is. If the king reigns in your marriage, then that's where the kingdom is. If the king reigns in your workplace, then that's where the kingdom is. So if the king reigns in your life, that means wherever you walk is where the kingdom will be. Wherever you walk is where God will be. So if you're having a tough financial time at work, walk in acknowledging that God is there and the kingdom of heaven will reign in your workspace because the king will reign and the kingdom will be there. If you're having a tough time in your marriage, walk in acknowledging God you are here and his kingdom will reign. God is just so good. He is so good, he is so loving and he wants a relationship with us. He wants us I don't know how many of you guys just like being acknowledged. I know we're all like, no, no, eat some humble pie. But we all do. When you get that Facebook mention, I know everyone's like, oh, I was tagged. <laughs> like, there's that feeling that comes up. And God wants us to acknowledge Him. Not so that He can feel chuffed and excited, because when you acknowledge Him, it allows Him to do something. It allows him to go, I have access now. I can do something. Watch me. Yeah. I'd really just love to pray for us. That's cool. Just, just especially in that space, I really feel that it's just, if there is, I feel like there's people here today that haven't acknowledged God fully. Like, you've acknowledged him, but you haven't acknowledged him fully. You've kept things from him. Whether it's in your financial situation, your marriage situation, your family situation, we need to acknowledge Him fully in those things. And if you haven't, I really would love to pray for you guys. So if you want to come down afterwards, that's awesome. I'd love to pray for you. But I just want to pray for all of us and just acknowledge who He is and His greatness over our lives.